0: You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam tells, And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here right now. Mr. Sean Grasso, do you know why we are or how we are making history right now?
1: No, I would love to.
0: You happen to be the first guest on this show to reach the trifecta. (laughs) No, I'm pointing at the wall. No, it's not over there. It's right here. Uh, You're the first dude. You were on my show, not once, not twice, but today makes thrice. I am honored to be here. (laughs) I don't know how much of an honor it is, but I'm so happy to have you back, man. We did the one with just you where we talked about your comic and a lot about your son uh, and then we talked about and then we did the one with the chief. Yes. And I did not know we were going to be doing one with you talking about running for the board.
1: Well, I can tell you then I didn't know either.
0: <laughs> well, dude, it was pretty funny how you ended up telling me. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I saw you on the side of the road.
1: <laughs> and yes. I was trying to get signatures for the uh for my petition and um I was looking for people that, that I knew were involved in the community. I, you know, I wanted a, a strong petition. I wanted to do everything as good as I could. And I said, hey, there's Mr. Sam.
0: <laughs> you know. I was biking. I, I, I got I to stop here. Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden, I see this car stop next to me. I'm like in the middle of the road. I'm just like, oh, boy, what is this going to be about? Oh, yeah. Sean Grasso, and he's running for the board. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool and pretty gutsy because like I've said on all the other interview with the other uh, candidates, I don't think I have the guts to, it's a, it's a pretty courageous act to put yourself out there, especially in times like these.
1: I I have a lot of respect for anybody running for this position right now. You do. Absolutely. Yeah. um, It's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think Um, it's going to get tougher with uh, everything we have on the horizon with these kids. And it's, it's going to be a lot of work.
0: Do you mean uh the things that have happened post the lockdowns and at-home um, learning?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um it's been it's been a challenge for a lot of parents and um you know parents like me were upset, you know, and and it's it's for good reason when your services get cut, you can't you can't just overlook it as a parent when you're when you're uh at home you're paying for daycare you're paying for public schools you're trying to get by everybody's trying to get by it's just a it's just a very tough situation there's more parents upset right now nationally you can see it you know every time you turn the news on uh, the school board meetings be- are becoming a very tough tough thing
0: to that's why i'm giving you the props i am because i'm a sensitive dude and <laughs> sometimes i watch the school board meetings and i'm like Wow, people are not holding back. Like, uh, they're speaking, a lot of them aren't even speaking out of, you know, just, they're just speaking out of anger. Like, they're so, just so frustrated. So, um, props to you. What, uh, first of all, I, I know you had to pay for daycare and uh, <laughs> uh, always, good uh, have, <laughs> always good to have, always good to have Philip here. <laughs> he's, he's, well, man. I was so glad he had a place to go. Oh, you know? a place I mean, that a loves him. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always so proud to see him, too. I know that's, this is not what this episode's about, but, man, to see him at jujitsu, I tell my kids at home, it, you could ask them, like, he's my favorite type of martial artist, not one who's bigger and just gifted with crazy genetics where he could just <laughs> smash <you>. everybody. Well, <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is the genetics you gave him are a powerful heart. Like not only thank you oh 100 percent he does he when, does right when he competes he does not quit he's throwing up submissions to the bitter end and just uh, it's just so fun yeah. to watch him
1: and I I am so so proud of the way he took to MMA I mean he he really does go there and give it his all all the time and he gets disappointed sometimes but he also has those great great successes and it's it's just awesome to see um the funny thing is and i'll do a shameless plug here he said dad when you're on your way home from the food drive, we're doing it every Thursday night in front of ShopRite. Please come see us. Donate food. It goes to a very good place. We'll be doing it every Thursday night now until December 16th.
0: Where can they find you at ShopRite? Just out front? Right or? out
1: front. I'll be the police car with the lights on it and the flags on the back.
0: And people can just hand you food just they like come that. come up.
1: We put it on the trunk. And the Hamilton Drug Alliance has joined in. They're, they have given us a signed Eagles football with a certificate and – if you come down, you donate food, you get a free ticket for the raffle to win that football.
0: Oh, very cool. And you've been at this for a while now.
1: This is, this is the third year of the food drive. We started just before COVID. And, you know, it, it's every year I say it, the need gets greater. And, yeah. it's, and it's not a joke. It's not a ploy. It's, it's really the need gets greater every year. Every year I've been doing this. But my son said, Dad. Stop at home. Pick me up. I want to go to Mr. Sam's. <laughs> I said, buddy, they're going to be sleeping. I said, you're going to be
0: sleeping. No. <laughs> I honestly thought about messaging you, and I was like, gosh, this podcast could go to like 930, so <laughs> I don't know. We have some cranky kids in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, he's always welcome. Man, so you, you're you doing this. You're a, an officer here in Hamilton. You're very busy. You have three kids, and yes. that's a lot of kids. What made you want to do this?
1: Um, well, I there was a there was just a, a few few very important moments uh during the during the early stages of the lockdown. I was um I was doing me and my bo- wife both work. We're trying to figure out what to do with these kids during the day so we can both go to work. And you know, my one son Sean, he's he's Autistic, he's, he's profoundly autistic. He needs five days a week of services. And I know that everybody in the educational industry that works with kids like that know exactly what's going to happen to a kid like mine without those consistent services, and they let it happen. So I think the first conversation that said, that 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 really opened my eyes, because before this, I will tell you, I had nothing but great experiences with Hamilton and with Atlantic County Special Services, where they send my son. They did such great work with him, and I think that I was um, really—I don't know what the word was—I was looking through it, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. I said, "They're not going to let this happen," you know. Uh, And I was just wrong. I'm—I'm on the phone with someone who's trying to help me. But I wound up saying, listen, please stop offering my nonverbal, mentally and physically disabled son a Chromebook. That's not going to solve the problem here. A Chromebook can't change his diapers. And you have to know that.
0: Don't they have his, I don't know if they call it an EAP. He has an IEP. I mean, IEP. Individual education program. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: he, He absolutely does. But one of the first things they did was... Change the law so that everybody could go virtual. There was no thought given wow. to kids like this. They just got
0: put aside. Yeah, just so unprepared for something like this. And uh, I mean, trying to juggle so many things, I guess they really dropped the ball with that one. It's, it, yeah, I mean, the,
1: it, it's hard to understand because, like I said, everybody that works with these kids knows how it goes. You're, you're going to battle and battle and battle. For that one inch of progress, that one breakthrough that moves them forward. And then you have to keep the consistency so they don't lose that. So every half inch forward can take days, months, years. Backwards goes light speed. You know, what I'm, when mm. they're moving backwards,
0: it's fast. I didn't know that. Oh. They
1: He lost skills that he had. He was, wow. you know, he was going to school in underwear, which, you know, your nine-year-old going in underwear. Most people are like, okay, yeah, he should be going to school not wearing diapers. He should be going to school in underwear. But it took us a long time to get there.
0: Yeah, And
1: he was proud. He was coming home happy and dry. And now he's back in diapers. And wow. Oh, man. To, to gain that back, we might not get it back. And, you know, that hurts because this was the rest of his life. If he's not in diapers... He can be with me, you know, when I'm 80 years old, God willing, I live that long. But if he needs, you know, a greater level of care than I'm able to give him at a certain age, now something else has to happen. And my whole goal was for Sean, when I, you know, when I accepted, I, you know, the whole backstory, it took me a while to accept this. I said, well, if this is the way it is, he's with me forever
0: guys uh, he so this podcast obviously we're going to go into other things but if you're interested i highly recommend the interview i did with sean way back in my, our, my first episodes where he spoke about his relationship with his son the struggles they both went through and and he uh he ended up making a graphic novel based off the whole situation and it's just a beautiful story it's one of my favorite graphic novels ever and <clears throat> uh just the interview it, it's very moving so i highly suggest whether you're interested in learning more about school board or not it's an episode you might want to check out special one um so what what's your so is your goal really to to stand up and and uh be a voice for uh kids who may have learning disabilities or uh, on the spectrum
1: well that that's that's one of the plans the other plan there were, there were other kids That, you know, when I look at it, my son was lucky. We had kids locked out of school hungry. We had kids locked out of school that got abused. They're not going to grow up and thank us for this. You know, the one thing we knew at the very beginning is, luckily, the children weren't as affected as the adults. And as time went on, we started to realize the children are really less likely to be affected by this than the adults. And we really need to perfect, protect, I'm sorry, the, the older people, people with comorbidities and stuff like that. And we wind up shutting these kids out of school and putting the COVID patients in the nursing homes. It almost seems like we got it backwards. You know, Mm. I, I can tell you from what I've seen, These kids need to be in school, no matter what. That is the safest place. One of the biggest issues we have here is politicians thinking that closing schools or extended quarantines with these kids are protecting them. When these kids are quarantined for 14 days, and if their parents have COVID, just as I learn now, their quarantine doesn't start until the parents' quarantine is over. So now we're looking at almost a month for some of these kids. Like, my, my son can't go back to Atlantic County Special Service District because they have kids with compromised immune systems. So they don't even get to take that test and go back a couple days early. They're out. And the thinking is, well, they'll, they'll be out in quarantine. And, you know, we'll know if they have symptoms. What parent has the ability to quarantine a child for a month OK, while these kids are out, they're going to the post office, the supermarket, anywhere their parents have to go because you you can't, no one can afford to have a child quarantine like that. So instead of going to school, and we'll give you an example like um, Atlanta County Special Service, where they have small class sizes, OK, they have a high student to teacher ratio, they can enforce hand washing and all those good things. Okay, and they have a highly structured environment. There's not a lot of socialization unless that's part of the program. Now this kid's going to shop right, going to the post office, going to places where you can't deny people access, even if they have COVID. You know, people have to eat, they have to be allowed to shop. So not only are these kids um being exposed to more COVID while they're out, you know, they have all the other things because are the parents watching them 24 hours a day? Are they, you know, are they exposed to drugs, alcohol, pornography, all that stuff that we can keep out of their lives at least for that time when they're in school? Are they eating? That's the other important thing, you know. We, we have kids that, unfortunately, the main nutrition they get is going to be from the school, Okay. And yes, we have those programs where they can come pick up the free meals through the, through the lockdown, which is awesome. But we know that some parents have to actually be criminally charged to get their, to get their kids to come to school. Do we think that parent's actually driving across town for, the, for these kids? Not to mention all the other things. When a kid comes to school, if he's hungry, if he's abused, if something's wrong, he tells his friend, a friend tells a teacher... Teacher sees it, asks them, hey, what's going on, buddy? We miss so much when these kids aren't in school. And a lot of that, there's no data on. It's just the people that kind of have been around schools and work in schools know it.
0: And maybe would police officers know it as well? Just
1: well, I, I worked, I took the school post for several years. I was in the middle school and the high school. I, I've seen how these things happen. You know, a lot of times a a kid will tell a friend, hey, you know, don't tell anybody, but this happened. That friend will tell a teacher. Teacher will take action. And I think they have such an excellent system for this to address the problem, get the kid help, get them moving in the right direction. But none of that happens. That doesn't start, none of it, until they're in school.
0: go on and on about that. I have these questions from people of Hamilton that I have to ask you, but um, I don't disagree with you in the least bit. I just want to play devil's advocate because of what I've heard. And that is uh, you said that people want to keep the kids at home to protect the kids. I've also heard the argument that it's not just about protecting the kids, but when the kids go to school, they pass on the diseases and take it home to maybe their grandparents or the elderly. Um, what would you say to someone who brings out that argument, saying, like, no, these kids can't go to school because they will spread it at school and then pass it on to the people who are in danger?
1: Uh, first of all, if, if you have someone that's compromised, you, you already know you need to be taking steps. Second of all, again, what are they doing at home? They're not protected from COVID at home. They're still going to have to go places. They're still going to be exposed to this. When you look at the student-to-student transfer, from what I've seen, it's not high. It's, I think it's
0: actually very low, if, if you look there at were the times,
1: yeah, there were There were times when I, you know, because I fought. I fought for my kid. Didn't win, <laughs> but... <laughs> but I did my homework and I fought and I talked to these people and I just made up my mind if you're not going to do the right thing and you're not going to help my kid you're going to have to work harder you're going to go home at night thinking man you know what it would just have been easier to do what we could have done for this child than for me to have to deal with this guy
0: <laughs> yeah so for the kid you, you know it's
1: it. it's it's been it's been a battle but but it's just the truth there's no they're exposed to covid it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and we should. My personal opinion. Thank God that it's just not affecting the oh, kids that's... the way it affects the older. And I know there are some are that there are some have that have been affected, and that's horrible. Yes. Nobody wants to see that, but this is the world they're getting now. They have to learn how to live in it, and the only place, the safest place for that to happen, mm. is at school.
0: Yeah, I think that there, are, man. Even if one, it's it's tragic. No kid should have to, or parent has to handle that. But I, I think that if you're looking just at straight numbers, straight statistics, it's like the number is so low as far as uh, you know, kid losing a child to COVID, and you know, in the end, I I will say that you know I want my kid in school, like. I know even for my own children, they're, they're not on the spectrum, and I saw how it, you know, left yeah. them in the end. It, it definitely impacted them, so I can only imagine for and, yours.
1: And, and that's, a, you know, that's one of the points I want to make. Everybody knows, well, many, many people in town know the struggles I've been having with my son. But it's not a switch. It's a lever. Every one of these kids have been affected by this at some level. And it's really tough for the mainstream kids because they handle stress so well. They have such an ability to put a smile on their face when they're at home and enjoy their life minute by minute. They don't even realize what they're missing, how bad they're hurting from this. You know, um, a lot of these kids, their, their favorite part of their day was to go to school and see their friend's smiling face. They don't get to do that now. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine... No. Going to school every day with the mask on my face. Mm. From working with these kids, I can tell you, you know, I know they're very sensitive to, um, to an overreach of authority. When when I was in the school, I knew whatever I did, however I handled the situation with one kid, I had to handle it the same way with another kid. Those kids remember it forever, they do. and. Once your integrity is, once the trust is
0: gone with them, it's gone. Very hard to earn that back. They might
1: be mad at you. They might be mad at you for a long time. I've had a lot of kids come back and thank me, you know. um, But once you, once they see they got treated differently, they got treated more harshly, or someone's telling them to do something that they know in their heart isn't right, that trust is gone
0: and you're you're not going to get it back. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. Should we dive into these questions? Certainly. All right, my man. We're going to start with the first one, which I guess we kind of uh, glanced over for a second, but we're talking about a moment. Bianca's asking, what was your aha moment that made you feel you needed to run for a seat? You know, uh, like just that one moment where you're like, okay, this has to happen.
1: Um, a, a lot of it had to do with, with my oldest, my autistic son. I realized there, there needs to be some oversight. Um, Another aha moment, um, I can tell you, with him was when I was getting him an unnecessary rapid COVID test. You can tell your kid, hey, sit tight. It's going to be uncomfortable or for a second. I can't tell him that. Mm-hmm. I have to physically wrap my arms around him, pin him down with my head, while I'm on the phone with the Board of Health trying to find out why he was quarantined again. I could actually hear the 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 person I was talking to was actually like getting pretty emotional cuz she's listening to this but I had to do so much work to get my kid back to school. They sent me an email and I always have the I always have the receipts that my son was quarantined this time because he wasn't wearing a mask and they had a case on the bus. And I said clearly if there's anyone that fits the medical Exception for this, it's my son. I said, please, please let my son go back to school. So they put this in an email. And um, they're like, no, we reviewed it with the Board of Health. I called the Board of Health. They said, oh, Sean, yeah. <laughs> and, and and this, I'm going to get you to the end of it. I'll try to make it quick because it's a, I could go on forever. It's a very long story for me. I'd been awake for about three days at this point, just trying to do anything I can to get this kid at school because he needs it. I need it. But I'm talking to the person on the Board of Health, and they said, listen, if he wasn't within six feet for more than 15 minutes, he wasn't a close contact, mask or no mask. And I have that. I, I said, can you please put that in an email for me? And she did. But after all this work I did, um, I skipped a part there. Before they said, well, prove to us that he wasn't a close contact, get a letter from the Transportation Department. Got a signed letter from the transportation department. They went out and measured. And the person that was the the case, they call it, the person that had COVID, talks to them and says who the close contacts were and who they weren't. My son wasn't reported as a close contact. They didn't like the fact that he didn't have a mask on. They backtracked it. And I said, you know, it's kind of like, hey, do you guys understand how emails work? I have this forever now. You know, you can't say that it's not because he wasn't wearing a mask. So finally, the agreement was, if he got a COVID test, he could come back. Now, I had been fighting for so long at that point. I said, do I want to stand here and him possibly not go back to school? Or do I do the right thing for him and just get him back to school and, and continue the fight later? So I went, I got him the test. He went back to school. But, but that really showed me, I'm driving home thinking, why am I the one calling the Board of Health? Why am I the one doing this? We have people that we pay to advocate for these children, to look out for them. They're writing a check to, to an outside school to pay for my son to go. And when I show them this letter, they don't call him up and say, hey, you're, he's disabled. He, he doesn't need a mask. Let him go to school. They make, I have to do all of this. You know, it's, uh, that there needs to be oversight because when you think about it, it's just not my kid. They quarantine that whole bus twice. They don't do that with the mainstream kids. The mainstream kids, they get the close contacts, but apparently this bus got quarantined twice by people who weren't even on the bus. And
0: I was the only one that called them on it. So. What do you, wait, what, what do you mean? That someone that ahead. wasn't on the bus.
1: Okay. I'm
0: sorry, you're missing a part. All right.
1: The Atlantic County School, someone from there must have called and quarantined this bus. It was them. They have no personnel on the bus. They, don't, they weren't there. They don't know who was close to each other, who wasn't. Our bus department, the pers- the people who are working on the bus, you know, or whoever had COVID, didn't report that these kids uh-huh. were close contact. My son is the only one that I know for sure, but they quarantined the whole bus twice. Do the math. You got a 30-foot bus. Unless everybody's sitting on top of each other intentionally, they can't possibly be a close contact. So we have a special needs bus that got quarantined twice for 14 days, roughly a month of desperately needed in-person services, expensive services that just went away. It's, it's, I said, something needs oversight over.
0: Yeah, clearly. That's, I, I, that story is crazy. It that, is. That's really tough to hear. Here's the other, but here's the
1: other thing I heard, and you got to understand this too. They kept saying, well, you're the only one complaining. And I said, well, you got to remember, parents like me barely have the time to do anything during the day. Most people are just going to do what they got to do to get through it. They don't want to be the one to complain they want this to be over and their kids to go back to school without any ruckus or fuss or you know anybody remembering that they were the one that complained it doesn't make it right no it doesn't make it right when you have a whole bus quarantine and no one looks into it no one asks why twice somebody else should have been on it because that's what I was thinking the whole time they're not going to let this happen to my kid they know what's best but my kid wasn't a close contact. Yeah, I, if he was, they wouldn't have—they wouldn't have been able to let him back. The board of health wouldn't have let him be able to go back. But he got caught up with somebody that um, didn't like the fact that he was wearing a mask. So that was another aha moment. The funny short aha moment. Um, my son Philip. He—they uh, did such a good job during this lockdown. Everybody has different opinions about it. I'm sure the teachers did, too. His teachers made him feel like he was part of something. Oh. And that was so important to me. You're not getting an in-class education. But they kept his head in the game.
0: He liked it. He had a good... That's Oh, you're breaking my stuff, Mr. Gross? I did. Oh. <laughs> I don't know that. where... I don't even know. Oh, your headphones. Man, yeah. you're just getting into the story. It's all good. Um, that's amazing because I, I know that was really difficult for people to, a lot of teachers to do. I can only imagine. I teaching online. You know? I know.
1: I know his teachers. His teachers really, really put a high effort in. Um, they remembered him. It, it, I, How did it, that
0: lead to your aha? Okay.
1: <sighs> Me and him were sitting down one night, doing his homework, and. Just one of these exercises where you have a couple words in, you know, five rows. You have to make as many sentences as you can. We're at the last sentence. We can't make the sentence. up. I'm going I'm 44. <laughs> I'm 44. We're not hitting. He's like, hit the green button, Dad. I'll just tell you what the sentence is. We'll be fine. I'm like, I'm not hitting the green button. I'm not hitting. The, there's, there's words. that You can make this many sentences. We're going to make this sentence. <laughs> I did that for about 10 minutes and he just hit the green button and the sentence popped up. The bike went nice. I'm like, what? Huh? That's the bike went nice. Is that? No. I, I, do people say that? I'm like, honey, come here, come here. Is this, uh, I'm not a scholar. You know, you went to college. Tell me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that this is not a sentence right here. And, uh, She's like, yeah, that's not a sense. So <laughs> then I said, hey, you know, we, we need to be looking into this because at that point we're in the middle of this. I didn't know if they were ever going to go back to school.
0: That know? was the fear, right?
1: And this is, this is what's trickling down to them for education. And if I hadn't sat down with them, he would have worked on it. He would have hit the green button. Said, "Oh, the bike was nice." That's mm, a sentence, right? You know, and I, I just said, "It's, it's time to time to get involved." <laughs>
0: that was it, T- huh? Time to get involved. The bike it, was nice. Did yeah. it for you,
1: <laughs> and we, we we went on and we looked and we found some other stuff, but the, but the bike went nice was one of the one of the glaring <laughs> examples of, and I get it. It was a program that they they had to put together. I'm Thinking fairly quickly. Oh, I've seen these kinds of errors
0: before where you're like, just, I, I got to know this answer. It can't be that hard. And then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, mistake. They made a mistake and I paid for it. It, it was the first one. I, it was the first time that
1: that happened. <laughs> but I was not expecting the bike went nice. It was, it, it was definitely an aha uh-huh moment for me. <laughs> all right.
0: Good answer. Powerful answer. All right. Uh, number two by my friend, Michael. Does the current political climate on a national level have an influence on your decision to run?
1: Of course. Of course it does. I'm, I, I vary my news sources. <laughs> I'm watching this constantly. The, the national scene, you have to look at it because that's what gets to us. And, you know, North Jersey and South Jersey are very close together, but they couldn't be further apart. And what we're getting is coming from North Jersey. And a lot of it doesn't match us. It doesn't match our values. So if you're not looking for it, it's going to surprise you. You have to be ahead of the game. You definitely have to be looking at what's going on nationally. You know, and Hamilton, we have have a great community. And in a lot of ways, we're insulated, but it doesn't last forever what happens in other areas is eventually going to creep in here. If we don't have people that are on the lookout for it.
0: All right. All right. Number three. And, uh, let me preface this by saying this was the, uh, I don't know if popular is the right word, but this is the question that got the most, uh, I would say support and likes. Um, What is your stance on how to go about teaching controversial issues, including racism, sex ed, violence, gay, lesbian, non-binary, trans rights, acceptance, et cetera?
1: Okay. And wow, that's a very good question. How do you go about teaching controversial issues? Well, they're controversial. Not everybody agrees. I don't know if they can really be taught. You're only going to teach someone your own opinion, and it might not match what their parents think. You know, a teacher says, "Hey, this is how it is. Your parents might be telling you something different. Now we have a conflicted kid." Or the teacher saying, "You know, this is the way it has to be," and the kids disagree with each other. I don't think you can really teach a controversial issue. What you can teach is a level playing field. That means you have an opinion you have an opinion. No one hurts each other. No one harasses each other. No one bullies each other. You disagree with the other person. The other person disagrees with you. Fine. We all have to learn how to work together, like in real life. That's what schools should be doing. If there's going to be a conversation about those things, everybody needs a voice. No one gets stamped out. You should be allowed to agree, support, or disagree. The underlying themes need to be everybody gets a seat at the table, everybody gets a say, no one gets hurt, no one gets made fun of, and everybody has to get along and do the job.
0: So what I'm getting from that is you're basically saying... You do want them to teach acceptance, but basically through their actions, rather than sitting down in a class and explaining what acceptance is and teaching all about all races, you'd rather them. Am I reading that right by you saying, we treat each other as equals. We let everyone know you all have a seat at the table. And, and that would be a way or the way to teach acceptance and leave it at that sort of thing?
1: Well, acceptance is, is, is something that, that, that I think everybody's got to work out for themselves. Um, what acceptance might mean for one person, it might not mean the same thing for another person. So it's it's very difficult. What the kids are hearing at home might be very different from what they're hearing at school. Those kids can't get shut out either. The best thing we can do for these kids is say, hey, there are all walks of life, and they're all here. They're all in this school, and we are all going to work together, regardless of our beliefs. Everybody's going to go home unhurt and happy. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be days when we fall short. But I have seen, I've, I've been in the schools, I've got to sit in on some of these meetings. They have an excellent way of dealing with this. They have an excellent program of getting these kids, sitting them down, ending the problem, stopping before it spreads. And it's excellent because... Like I said, when they're out of school, they don't get any of it. When they're in school, they work on the stuff that happens out of school too so that it doesn't come back into school. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we need to keep these kids getting along and moving forward and entering in a workforce and working with other people, whether they do or don't disagree, it's all in place now. You know, a lot of it. A lot of it. We just have to keep doing what we're doing.
0: All right, all right, man. All right, my friend Saul asks. <clears throat> oh, I'm interested to hear your answer with this one because um, not all your answers have been uh, what everyone else has answered. Like the uh, the political climate. You know, mm-hmm. most people say ah, it doesn't uh, doesn't really affect us. You're saying it definitely does. So I'm finding this fair. I almost started asking myself like, should I even ask that question? Is anyone going to say? And you definitely play the other side and uh, I'm finding it fascinating. I want to hear what you have to say about this one. Saul says, what would be your response to things when the governor issues a mandate and the people of Hamilton did not want to follow the mandate? It's our school.
1: We, um, I don't think any of these things should be mandated. First of all, you get more cooperation from Americans by asking, by gaining support for your cause. That's the way it's always been. When you tell people you have to do this, then you're making it political. Then you're making it a problem for half the country because, or half of your area because let's be honest, we're living in the most divided time. We say
0: it every year, but every year we see it getting No, worse. it's a little different this time around. I think we learned. I think okay. in I, hindsight we're like, all right, maybe we weren't so divided before. The, but, but right now we
1: are <laughs> really, really divided. A one-size-fits-all patch for a problem is not going to work. If that's your plan, it's a bad plan. You need to give the people options, okay? Some people justifiably are afraid of COVID and I want to see them have more than a flimsy piece of non-medical rated cotton to assuage their fears and we can give that to them and we can also give the parents that want their kids to not have to wear masks to school the ability to send their kids without masks to school we've already shown they can work in cohorts we've already shown how much more this school can do to say that the only answer for this is every kid wearing a mask it's not i can tell you, it's, it's not scientific it's it's political and that's it they've they've done studies i think it was um it was a belgian study i can't remember the exact fra- the exact uh, name of their medical association but they went all the way back to first do no harm and that keyword there is first Okay, you you can say whatever you want. If there's any harm associated with this, you can't make people do it. And we know it's a psychological harm to our kids. We don't know what the long terms of keeping a mask over your face for 40 hours a week throughout your childhood, we don't know what effect that's going to have on your future. We don't know what this is going to look like 10 years out. And it's just one of those things that... um it's really a personal decision. Some people are, are fierce about these masks.
0: Yeah, it's been very politicized. And, and here's the ooh, thing. People get so angry. Have you seen the videos on YouTube? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, boring the people
1: that are, that are really overzealous about it. <laughs> the people that are really afraid of it. Mm. I don't want that person sitting home scared to death sending their kid to school. Mm. I want something for them. You know, but at the same time, these people have a right to not have their kids masked up at school. Mm. You know, it should be left up to the parents and we should have, like I said, better options for these kids Options, right. Because a one-size-fits-all, it never works. Making people do it never works. Um, I think the simplest part of that question is how do I feel about the mandates? All of them, there shouldn't be any. They, there shouldn't be any. It should be you talking to your doctor, okay, you go and the the school can do... Checks on their way in, temperature checks on their way in. They see the kids all day. If the Kid looks sick. We can send them home. We've done it before. If, yeah. if a problem crops up, we can take care of it. But that really hasn't happened. I haven't seen where in a school setting. I'm not talking about, um, you know, sports and stuff like that, where the kids have a more closer contact. They're in the locker room, stuff like that. In the school setting. I'm looking to find where we're seeing this massive amount of student-to-student transfer. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. So. I'm not either. Yeah. I don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. And like I said, if it was a matter of asking, I think more people would do it. You know, when it came to the original two weeks to slow the spread, I didn't (laughs) like it. I didn't like it, but I said, you know what? Got to do my part here. This is going to be really tough on Sean. This two weeks is going to be really tough on my family we're going to do it though you know and meanwhile i'm watching all, all you know news sources i had very ones and they all were warning saying hey once they get this power they'll never give it up mm-hmm. and you can see they never they don't have a they don't have a date where they say you know what if none of this works we're going to end it it's always just well it's not working because not enough people are wearing masks not enough people are vaccinated it's never our plan didn't work, you know. And we've spent trillions. It's been a lot. We spent a lot. We spent a lot.
0: it's it's been more than just money. It's it's been people's lives, yeah. Businesses. I mean, money, but it's been hard. I yeah.
1: uh, i i i don't have a business. I couldn't imagine what you went through setting up one of the, the premier. Place <laughs> in Hamilton, and then them saying, "Oh, you got to close." I, I, I don't know. As a father, I, I don't know what I would have done. It
0: would have been. I, I, I was. I was. Uh, how do I put this? It was a tough time. We did everything we could. <laughs> I don't, I don't know I what else you to said. Say. It, you like, said it
1: was a tough time. Like you completely disconnected from the rage because you couldn't <laughs> let that go through on your podcast. Oh man, Ugh, it was
0: dark. But we, yeah, we yeah. put on our game faces and we did what we could for the kids and the parents who needed. it. and and, and the silver lining was I did get to have a, another good year with uh, like my friend Philip and uh, a lot of the other ones, which was. Nice, but oh gosh, did it that year aged me a, a few years? I'm not gonna lie, it really did. Um, well, listen, this is one of the most amazing things we learned through this.
1: Okay, I'm on the phone talking to an administrator from one of one building in Atlantic County that has probably the most educated staff in the county. The most resources, and he's going, well, I just got the governor's, governor's uh, mandates. You know, it's about 200 pages. I don't know when we're going to go back. And I'm thinking, okay, well, my son's camp already went through it. He's already got a date to go back. You know, how come you can't? You have all the resources. This is basically a mom-and-pop business.
0: That's what it is, yeah. They
1: got through it. They got it done. The whole reason we have public schools is because they can be open. If there's a, you know, an economic crash, a catastrophe, they have the resources to keep teaching our kids where private schools might not. The private schools were open longer. It was exactly the opposite. You know, I just don't think that bodes well for our public schools. And I like them. I want them to be here, you know. So, getting back to your question, um,
0: oh no, I, I think you we, answered it. Did, did we, did we <laughs> stick to the point? Okay. You totally answered it. <laughs> all right, uh, this should be easy after all the other ones. Uh, who's funding your campaign? <laughs> me, oh,
1: me, myself, and I, <laughs> right? I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> um, I it's 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 funny, I, I've learned a lot about, about the whole campaign process. I think the message is great. I've. I feel like I had a few setbacks getting it out there, and um, what do you mean? Well, you know, between the time I decided to run and now, um, we moved. We had a uh, car incident. Um, we had COVID. You know, there's just a lot of things. I wanted to do a lot more. I had a lot bigger plans, and mm. it's it, it's really tough. But I think the message was good. And regardless of what happens, I built, um, I think I have a good base of people that are ready to help. Because I can tell you one, one thing that, that I didn't anticipate, I had all these good ideas. I said, I know all these people. They're all going to want to help me. However, when it comes down to it, you got to remember, I can't take off my uniform. So when somebody, when you ask somebody for something, They could be thinking, do I really want to tell, you know, a local police officer? (laughs) No. And I don't want to put anybody in that position. It's, it's, it it really, it it really, uh, it really opened my eyes a little bit. Wow. And like I said, it's, it's stuff you don't think about until you actually go to do it. So I, I do have some people that I know, you know, that I knew wanted to be a part of it, but now I have more. Because they were calling me, asking me, hey, what are you doing? Can I help?
0: If this election doesn't go your way, is this something, now that with all this newfound knowledge you have, is this something you would be willing to go at again if the passion's still there? Um,
1: Absolutely. And I don't, uh, it's going to be there. This this whole thing was an eye-opener for me. You know, I want to be part of what goes on here. This is my town. This is, I grew up here. I got married in this town. Me and my wife both work here. We're going to be a part of it forever. I love mean, this town. Yeah, and, and, and we get love from the town. People know me. They know my kid. They they see my wife having trouble getting through the parking lot. They lend her a hand. They hold doors. This town has been amazing to us. And, you know, I want to continue to be a part of it and make it better.
0: Awesome. All right. <clears throat> Uh, all right. Aaron asks, what current obstacles, I mean, you've really listed, I feel like, a few of these, but maybe you have something to add. Uh, Aaron asks, what current obstacles are parents facing in education?
1: Well, I'm going to hope, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that she saw my sign and that's where the question came from. But these are the obstacles. These, these mandates are obstacles. They, they need to, we just need to be done with it so these kids can go to school. Um, there are a lot of people that may think these mandates are saving us, but they're gonna see once we start going again, because it's gonna it's going to probably get worse after November. We're probably gonna see vaccine mandates. We're probably gonna see a lot of stuff like that for and, children. Uh, I'm thinking for adults. Okay, for adults. Uh, okay, and and we'll get into that, but. You're going to have a community like this where, you know, grandpa, this might be his last chance to see Johnny's school play. And he might not, he may be cantankerous. He doesn't want the vaccine. He doesn't want to wear a mask. But they, you know, can't you just make an exception for him. The answer going to be no. You know, if we do this, the answer's going to be no. Um, yes. And vaccine mandates for adults, I believe, is what's coming next. And... It worries me. And I'll tell you why. Because I was looking at what happened during the defund police movement. It, the problem doesn't happen once they decide to do it. The problem happens when they talk about it. Because when they start talking about it, your best and brightest leave. They're not going to wait to be in line for a job with everybody else who can't get a job now that they don't want to work here anymore because there's a mandate. They have options. They'll go do other stuff. I know, I know these teachers have a lot of loyalty to this community. Nobody wants to work somewhere every day and not make a difference, but they also have families. And there are a lot of people, a lot of well-educated people that they don't want to get this vaccine for one reason or another. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of well-educated people that don't, that may have may not have gotten the vaccine, they don't want to have to get it because they realize this isn't a one-time thing.
0: This is... Oh, it seems like it it fades pretty quickly, actually. What do you mean? Uh, Just the people who have the vaccine, I think their immunity to to COVID drops pretty rapidly. Well, that's
1: exactly what I'm saying. So now you need two. Now you need three. Now boosters on boosters, maybe something else comes along. We don't even have to worry about mandating it. You already have to do it. We already saw that we can make you do it.
0: So to mm, so saying it's slippery. So slow. before they even
1: have to talk you into the next vaccine, they already have a system in place. You're getting it. So a lot of well-educated people are thinking, you know what, this is a good idea. I, I I'm glad I got the vaccine, but I don't think I want the government involved with that process. You know, right. because next time something pops up, they may say you need this vaccine.
0: I and think that's a, a big worry of people nowadays: is just freedoms being taken away and the freedoms that make America America. You know, they're slipping away.
1: Yeah, this but is and, and this is a like you said, it's a different kind of vaccine. It's not a one and done. You don't go get it
0: and get immunity forever. Some people have already had their third. Yeah, yeah. So six months,
1: and we don't know next year. Is, is that? You know, how often are you gonna need this? Delta vaccine? plus has come in. Yeah. What does that mean for it, you know? So it's uh, yeah, those those are what question were we on?
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know, man. We, we keep getting I don't have it. too much time. I, I will tell you that the yeah. the, the, the the thing that scared it, it scared me a little bit that you no one no one thought of the national issues. That's that concerns me.
0: What do you mean no one thought of the you, national issues? You said that
1: you said you said that the, the other Candidates that you asked were like, Oh, the national issues, yeah, I, yeah. I went the other way with it, but I mean, that's where all this is coming from. I mean, you know, this is coming from the federal level to our governor who yeah. is who wants to, he is down with the plan to, you know, vaccine mandates, all that. It seems he's he's not letting it go, and yeah after November 2nd, there's no reason to think that he's going to change course. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean, so national, the national politics play such a, such a huge role in our daily lives. Now it's, it's gotta be something that you look at.
0: Wow. All right. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to get to the newspaper questions. Maybe I'll get to one or two, uh, but I still have to knock these two out. And uh, I like these Go questions. Ahead. I'll
1: try, I'll try to, I'll try to uh,
0: do I'm, I'm loving this interview. And uh, so, so, do what you got to do okay. in a day and age where people worry about being canceled. Mm-hmm. Can parents be confident that you will be comfortable standing by what you believe in?
1: Absolutely. I've, I've spent 20 years doing that and it hurt a lot. Sometimes there were, there were a lot of times I could have made my life easier mm. by just rolling with the punches, going with the flow but I understand that as easy it is for that day, it's going to come back later on. Everybody looks at you. Everybody remembers what you do. Um, and you, you, you have to build that integrity. It's, it's just, I've done, you know, standing up, I thought I, you know, a few times, I thought I was going to cost myself big in my career because I was faced with a decision where I had to do the right thing but it would have been easier to just go with the flow, and at the end of the day i i I have to feel do good about I yourself right.
0: right I mean I'm the yeah. same way in my career like sometimes I could just let something go and, and and forget about it, but no, it's an issue I have to deal with if it's for the better of the children, you gotta do it and you you can you put your hat on your pillow at night and feel good about yourself so I hear you. And I think most of this interview has, has made it pretty clear. You're, you're not worried about being canceled. You're just worried about doing the right thing.
1: No, I, w- I want to do the right thing for these kids, and I want to do the right thing for the parents. And I'm running because I honestly believe that most of the parents in this area are on board with the way I'm thinking.
0: Awesome. Final question from the Facebook friends. <clears throat> Why are you qualified for the job. What life experiences make you a good candidate?
1: Um, Working in Hamilton in my capacity, I've learned a lot. You you have to do your homework. You have to know what you're talking about. And you have to do the fair thing even when it hurts because that's the only thing. That's the only thing that brings progress. You know, pain often brings progress. Mm. And I've stood there, you know, I have, what's the word? I have, um, I have big shoulders for this. A lot of the problems that I solved got solved by letting someone yell at me for five minutes. And then once they felt they were heard, we talked about it. Really? And then we moved on. You know, a lot of the problems that we're having right now or because people aren't let into the conversation, or because people get canceled. You know, it, it doesn't work. No. Listening to people, you, you have to listen to them, hear their problem, find out why they're right. That's very important. Find out what they're right and stand up for them. Or find out why they're wrong and know how to explain it to them mm. and know how to give them options after that.
0: Communicate. You know. It's
1: it's a huge part of it. It's the longest part of it. It's the hardest part of it. And and it's it's the part that gets skipped too much.
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. We don't have too much time. Um, Shoot, I'll try this. to rapid fire. But... All right. Uh, hold on. So I'm going to pick a couple of these, and we'll just go straight from there. Um, so they're not necessarily written in a question form. So I'll just read it as written, and then you can just give me the appropriate answer. Go ahead. Does the candidate hold the, edu- uh, the I'm sorry. Does the candidate hold the educators, coaches, staff, and employees of Hamilton schools in high regard and treat them with respect, or do they just want to be in a position to control them?
1: Um, I don't know how much direct control you have over people as a as a school board member, but I will say, um, over the years, I, I've seen what's excellent, excellent about the staff that we have. Okay. I've seen there are areas that need oversight and, you know, unfortunately I've been there when we've seen there's, there's some, some staff members that don't have the children's best interests
0: at heart. It's like any job. You're going to go to a place where not everyone, it's like, it's like every job,
1: but as far as respect uh, with me, it's easy. You have my respect when we meet it's, you can only lose it. You you have it immediately. You're there. You want to help kids. I'm with you, you know, but. Like I said, you can lose it, um, but I've seen, we've got a lot of, a lot of great staff members that, that, can, that do an excellent job for these kids every day.
0: Awesome, awesome. One more from this list. Would I feel comfortable approaching this candidate in confidence with a personal issue involving the school to be steered in the right direction, or would they have my personal business all over town?
1: Well, if I was the guy that, that had your personal business all over town, I don't think I'd have a job right now. Um, a lot of the stuff I do, uh, especially working in the schools, working with the town, domestic violence, stuff like that, it's all confidential. You just, you can't go home. You can't talk to your wife about it. It's, it, it's, a, it's a burden, but again, it, it goes to an integrity. Once you... Once you spout somebody's business, you lose that integrity, and the community is too small for you to find somebody who doesn't know you did it. (laughs) No. (laughs) So I have, can I, do? would I do it? Yes, I, I have done it. I've done it for 20 years,
0: so. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Listen. Uh, oh, fantastic. I, it's such a pleasure talking to you about this stuff, but as you know, from the previous two times, we can't end this episode without a chat. Oh, you know, it's coming. The chat pack, sir. Go ahead All and right. point to one of these and I'll read it to you. This one. Boom. All right. You a sports fan? Uh,
1: I'm not a big sports fan.
0: You're not. I always no. thank you for like a football or baseball guy. No, I
1: will tell you when football season rolls around. It's like uh, everybody at my job is speaking a different language. I don't know what they're talking about. I I try to start a conversation joke, football creeps in, and it's done. Done. I I might as well be like a piece of furniture at that
0: point. Um, Nothing, huh? Not a single sport. Never been into it.
1: You know what? My son's gotten me into wrestling now. I wasn't into it as a kid. Oh. He loves it. I I don't know how he remembers all these people's names. Does he
0: realize that I'm trying to get back on a wrestling show? Does I, he know yet? I don't know. I gotta let him know.
1: Yeah, please. If he, it's
0: local, oh, you guys have to come out. He
1: will. He will go nuts, and we will. We will absolutely be there. Yes. But, um I didn't get wrestling when I was a kid, but now through him, seeing his excitement, we actually went to see one of the live events. When Smackdown. They started up he went COVID. to Smackdown, <laughs> and man, the not just my son, everybody there was just going emotionally
0: crazy. involved yeah, yeah yeah i mean and now i,
1: I, I get it a little bit it's oh, that's, that's awesome fun. Man. it's fun now
0: oh if you came to one of my shows i'd make sure to get thrown right into you man oh, please, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will be there you'll please hand me, me the me chair man. absolutely all right <laughs> listen we're since we only have time for one chat pack let's go to one that's going to work out for you so okay. forget the sports we'll try this one all right he's going for the end all right, maybe you have something for this. Some people like to hoard things, or some people like to just hold on to something, never let go of it for memories or whatever. So, what is one item that you own that by now you should really throw away, but you probably never will?
1: Well, I can. Th- what, when you first started talking about things people keep forever. Something popped into my mind because I was looking at it today. And my son wanted to use it to play with it And I said, you can't, <laughs> this is something from daddy's past. You can't
0: have it. Good this. move. Because my kids have destroyed all the things that I kept through my childhood. All of them.
1: There there was a um, a kickboxing club in Ventner that I went to. I went there for seven years before I uh, before I went to the police academy. I was probably in the best shape of my life. And it was a place where you went you sat down it was a room probably twice the size of this they shut the door in the summer and there was a there was a uh, thermostat on the wall so you could see as you were working out the temperature's going up and up and up and the you couldn't see out Oof. the windows cuz sweat was pouring down sweat the windows wet box you didn't stretch <laughs> you didn't you put your gear on and you got in the ring you and know. it was mismatched <laughs> to say the least, and um, I had a nickname there.
0: No way. It was The Fly. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, Sean, every time I talked to you, I learned something crazy. and new. This guy used to do stand-up comedy. I mean, this guy. So, uh, so when, you were The Fly. Why were you The Fly?
1: Well, because uh, back then I was probably pushing 120 pounds, <laughs> and when I got hit, by these bigger guys it was like ooh. swatting a fly against the wall <laughs> so the guy there he was he was a vietnam veteran um he he was almost always there to to watch these classes you just go oh oh we swat him like a fly so when i went to when i get to get my green belt which was the you had to uh you had to fight for two belts it was your yellow belt and your green belt and then after that you got to lax and test, but it was pretty much. Did you the, have to win or you just had to no, be able to hold your you own? You had to get brutally just beat up for a certain amount of time, not give up. You know, they started off, you, you're running with a cinder block over your head down the beach. They were, you were worn out before you got in the ring. Oh, man. And when they gave me the green belt, it had my nickname sewn in it. And I was like, it, it was just the coolest thing. so I had done martial arts, but no one ever had anything personal on their belts. Uh-huh. And this place you did, but I had never had, you know, I didn't earn a nickname and you know, it was kind of like you made it here and that was big to me. And I was going through the garage today and I saw it. I was like, man, this brings back memories. And Phil was like, daddy, can I have it? I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. There's there's very few things that you're going to get, you know, the hard no for this is it. You're not having this. I'm putting this someplace safe forever.
0: Oh man. As a martial artist, I get it. That is so special. Very cool. The fly. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Well, as we always do at the end of these episodes, is there anyone out there in Hamilton or the world that you would like to give a shout-out to?
1: Um, I'm going to go with the standby, who I always shout-out to. My wife, who uh, takes a bare minimum two-man job and does it by herself so I can go out and do stuff like this. And um uh, you know, it's just every every year that goes by uh with me and Gina is just I'm reminded more and more how lucky I am. And um just I as I, I always tell her, thank you. You know, thank you for helping me, thank you for helping this family. It's 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 not been easy and I couldn't imagine going through this without her. So
0: that's my shout out. Shout out to Gina man thank you so much for coming on i always enjoy interview man you always have so many things that like blow my mind and are new and interesting and your perspective is always uh fascinating to say the least so thank you uh guys get out there and vote and for now ladies and gentlemen give it up for officer sean (laughs) grasso